Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Car Ride Conversations. This is the segment of my podcast that essentially takes place in my car. And until the end of the month of October, it is exclusively dedicated to bringing you different candidates that are running for office in this year's federal election. My guest today is Rachel Bendayan. She is the liberal candidate for the riding of Outremont, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much, first of all, for doing this. I know that you're busy and uh, how much time uh, it takes to run a campaign, and how precious the time is. Indeed. But, but this is fun. But you know all about that, right? Anyway, I mean, this isn't your first run. Uh... This, this ain't my first rodeo. It's uh, really interesting to do a campaign in the sunshine when it's nice out after doing one in minus 30 blizzards My and goodness. snowstorms and yeah, that was earlier than February let me ask you something like before you know you came in February did people realize that you were you weren't a rookie that you weren't just a nobody that you had attempted beforehand uh, so many attempts to get this riding and finally in February uh, you picked it up you know, I, there were so many people that I met in the by-election, uh, as you say, in January and February of this year, that recognized me from 2015. It was incredible. You know, I, I told uh, uh, just a candidate yesterday, I said, you know, doing door-to-door really stays in people's mind. Like a conversation that you have with sure. somebody, they'll remember it four years later. So it was nice to see so many people remember me from uh, the work that I did in 2015 as the candidate. and. Uh, it was nice to also have um, really a groundswell of support from neighbors and supporters from Coutinez, Outremont, Myland. Uh, I really, I felt a big difference in the because it, because it's not only the it's not only the election. Like I mean, you had to do the the, the nomination race. Yeah. And then the first election, which you know you didn't get the result that you wanted, and then another nomination race, yeah. and uh, another election in February, which you won. And I'll back at it again. I mean, you've become a pro. <laughs> I was looking at your team before I picked you up. They're on the ball. These guys are like, okay. The, even when I was scheduling everything with you, I mean, everything is just clockwork. Yeah, yeah. they know what they're doing. And I feel like I do too. I feel like you learn from each experience. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for the next uh, 38 days. I think it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And you're lucky because like you said, it's much better weather. So ah, it's beautiful. Much less stress. And honestly, if we can compare it to 2015, 2015, it was a 90 day campaign. Oh, so God, yeah. uh, this will seem really short in comparison. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to pass. Like you'll, you'll, you'll blink and it'll be over. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about politics and how it all began with you. It began a really long time ago. I'm not going to give you the number of years, but when I was in <laughs> university, I, uh, I started to get involved in politics. I actually went to different events. I went to an NDP event. I went to a liberal event. I went to a conservative event, and I really took the time to find my home. And when I did, it was with the Liberal Party, and I got involved uh, very much as most young people do as a volunteer on campaigns. Um, and when I started law school after my undergrad, I... Uh, was asked to help uh, on the legal side and okay. obviously worked uh, general elections you know there there's a whole legal team making sure that everything runs smoothly and eventually was appointed the legal advisor to the national uh, board of directors i was the youngest lawyer for the party in uh, in our party's history so wow. that was uh, nice and uh, i felt a huge responsibility i think for me 
a big part of politics as I was growing up uh, was about making sure that people had confidence in the system. And the best way that I could contribute to that was as a lawyer, making sure that we followed the rules and making sure that the rules were clear and, uh, and making sure that uh, people felt comfortable with the decisions um, that we were taking. And so uh, it came as a bit of a surprise when in uh, 2013, 2014, I, uh, you know, was speaking to our new leader at the time, and he, um, you know, suggested that I consider running. That we needed a generational change. For sure, yeah. Uh, and I have to admit, that's one of the things that that really spoke to me the most. That looking at the House of Commons and seeing um, mostly old white men uh, representing Canada, and, and wondering why doesn't uh, the House of Commons look and feel like Canadians yeah, and so um, like your everyday people when you walk on the street yeah, yeah. yeah. and the ideas that come from uh, us younger members of parliament are different from the ideas sure. from you know the baby boomer generation and I think if we're talking about the issues that the 21st century is going to throw at Canada we need to have um, all of the innovative and uh, out-of-the-box ideas uh, that we can so I'm excited to be part of that new generation of politicians tell me uh, tell me a little bit about the first mandate obviously it didn't last very long for you just a couple of months but I'm sure you got a little bit of a taste but in any case before that you 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 were there as a, as a, as a senior staffer so I mean you got a little bit of an idea of the workings in Parliament and uh, you know the different committees and such yeah. but as a member of Parliament how, how does that feel like what, what what were the, some challenges coming? Let's remind everyone listening and watching that you came in, in uh, at the end of February when the Liberal Party was going through quite a bit of a storm over there, you know, with uh, uh, people resigning and uh, committee hearings and uh, a lot of stuff in the news uh, when we started this mm -hmm. year. So how do you go into that kind of storm and, you know, wrap your head around all that? It, as you say, there was, uh, there was definitely a lot going on when, <laughs> I, uh, when I came in. And, uh, and while I was running, to be honest, my campaign uh, was, uh, you know, during uh, a big uh, part of the, uh, of the early winter when, when that issue was coming up. I, when, I, when I got to Ottawa, I think uh, one, of the, one of the things that I remember most was, um, you know, how welcoming and how excited everybody was to have me on board. Uh, I think it was a tumultuous time, but, you know, the, the feeling that I had was one of real positivity. Um, Six months is a very short period of time, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did get a, a, a flavor, and as you say, having known a little bit about what Ottawa is like, I, uh, I went to work right away in order to get as much done in the short period of time as I, uh, as I possibly could. And I feel really good about uh, what we were able um, you know, to accomplish. I spent um, an unusual amount of time talking to ministers and the Prime Minister about what I had been hearing in the riding, just trying to get the voice of Outremont heard as much as possible. And we, we got a lot accomplished in, uh, in that period of time. And I feel like I uh, contributed a great deal to not only you know what we did already, but the platform that you're going to hear about uh, very soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, I'm excited about that. And since you're mentioning the platform, uh, let's talk about that. I mean, obviously, you've been briefed. Uh, the, the, the platform hasn't, at the time that we're recording, hasn't yet been uh, presented. Uh, the costings, obviously, and the budgeting uh, as well. Uh, tell me a little bit. What can we expect uh, to see from uh, from the Liberal Party? Uh, well, without you know giving away the scoop, I think uh, everybody should expect a lot on the environment. Uh, something that I've worked on uh, a great deal. I was obviously um, you know very. 
uh, much involved and, uh, and excited by the announcement that we made uh, regarding the ban of single-use plastics within two years, um, but we can expect a lot more on um, progressive uh, policies like that one. What we saw um, just from recent statistics was I think a 30 or 40 percent increase in the purchase of electric cars uh, here uh, based in large part on uh, the uh, um, and the fact that we're, we're giving cash back to buyers in order to buy electric vehicles. So you can see that you know, the progressive policies that we've put in place on the environment are working. Um, I uh, also hear a lot about social housing. I know yesterday um, you know, that it was uh, a topic that was raised by the Prime Minister, but there will be more to say on affordability, on making life more affordable for everyday Canadians. It's hard to buy a home, it's hard uh, to pay. Uh, in the rent prices are increasing in the mile end in the plateau. Uh, well, so, even in your riding as well, eh? Yeah, so the mile end plateau is in my riding, and I hear that a lot. It's just the gentrification of these um, communities in Montreal, which are, are quote-unquote cool, you know? Like, everybody yeah. wants to live yeah. in, in the mile end right now, and so the, the prices of everything are increasing. Which brings me to, you know, another aspect of, of my you know, campaign locally uh, being very much, uh, you know, uh, about small businesses, our local merchants. You know, we're driving around the riding now yeah. and you can see like all of these great local shops. We're going to turn on St. Viator, I think, here and you'll see like you've got obviously Fairmount and St. Viator Bagel, but you have so many um, just local merchants that know everybody in the riding. Like I'll walk into a store and they'll say, hey, Rachel, like it. And, and that is the experience of so many people living in this community and they don't want to lose that. So how can we better support our small businesses is something that I think um, you're going to hear also more about today. Uh, you're mentioning about local uh, merchants and businesses. Give me some other challenges here in Outremont. I mean, you have a riding that is very diverse, right? Not only um, in... Uh, you know, in cultural ethnicities, but also in religion. There's a lot of stuff happening provincially that obviously is affecting uh, the your your electorate over here. Yeah. Um, give me some of those challenges over here, uh, aside from you know keeping keeping the, the, the you know that homey feel, that local business uh, feel in the in Outremont. What else is going on over here that you're you're looking out for? Because obviously you haven't had much time in office, but you you clearly know the riding very well. What's something that you want to work on? Well, you, you know, you mentioned the, the provincial government and I think what we're seeing is, um, you know, a big impact on what we can do federally based on the election of uh, Jason Kenney, Doug Ford. Uh, you know, this is having an impact on, on some of the, the things that we were hoping to be able to work on with the provinces. You know, here in Quebec, I think uh, the experience I've had over the last couple of months and, uh, and you know, knowing Cote d'Ange as well as I do, uh, Immigration is an issue, and and I, f I feel uh, in the community of Cote d'Ange that um, you know the fact that the Quebec government has uh, you know put a, a limit on the number uh, of um, you know immigration applicants that they're willing to accept is is already being felt on the ground. Yeah, and we know that uh, there is a huge shortage of uh, of, of labor, labor in Quebec. Yeah. So this is something of concern to me, and that's something that I hope I can work on. At the same time, uh, you know, I'm thinking. You know, I'm looking at the little Jewish kids here with their bikes, and you know, you have a, a, a large community, uh, a Hasidic Jewish community. They're cute. 
Uh, you have Muslims a little bit uh, further west in in the Côte d'Azur. Like like we said, it's very very diverse. There was another provincial bill uh, that was passed that is uh, creating a lot of buzz, which is Bill 21, where you know they're trying to ban religious symbols. And of course, it's provincial jurisdiction. It seems very touchy. Uh, most of the federal leaders don't really want to touch, uh, except maybe for Jagmeet Singh, who came out really and said he's going to challenge it. Everyone seems to be uh, stepping on eggshells on this one. What's going to do you do you think that a liberal government will challenge it or you're going to leave the province deal with this issue that ultimately you know bothers everyone across Canada I mean we're not gonna we're not gonna hide here right I think the Prime Minister has come out a number of times very clearly saying uh, you know it, it should not be for a government to decide uh, what people should and shouldn't wear. Uh, we have a, at the moment a, a judicial uh, case. Um, a student actually from the University of Montreal uh, brought a, uh, a you know a litigation in the courts in Quebec and that is uh, underway so a judge is seized with the matter. I'm a litigation lawyer so for me the fact that a judge is seized with a case uh, you know means that we should let the process unfold. Uh, I look forward, you know, to, to seeing what the judge has to say. Obviously, um, you know, I myself uh, do not agree with uh, with Bill 21, but given the fact that, you know, the matter is before the courts, I think it's responsible for us, you know, to wait until that process uh, unfolds. And it's, it's good that you're a lawyer because I just want uh, to have this conversation with you. Sure. So it's being challenged right now. The fact that the Quebec Premier uh, Legault is invoked the notwithstanding clause, will it make any difference whatsoever on what that decision might be? The judge will certainly take the notwithstanding clause into consideration. Uh, that being said, it's not something that we have a lot of precedent for, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see you know, how the judge uh, weighs uh, in the balance uh, the fact that it is included in the legislation. Um, but it is one of the reasons why I think uh, you know, the Prime Minister said quite clearly yesterday uh, that he's not closing the door to a possible intervention, um, but you know, at the moment the, the process is working as it should. There, there is uh, you know, a citizen of uh, um, you know, it just so happens that she's at University of Montreal in the writing, but, um, you know, a Canadian citizen is bringing forward an action, um, you know, requesting uh, that uh, the courts review whether or not her rights have been infringed. And that is the most powerful, I think, uh, action that can be taken at the moment because mm -hmm. it is it is tangible and, and a judge will be able to weigh um, a, a clear and, uh, and very concrete case. Well... I think we're, we're all going to be looking forward to that one. Uh, I know you're busy. We're going to head back to your office because I know you have a, a very busy day. I just want to close up on uh, sure. on one last thing. Uh, obviously, the campaign is underway. The Conservatives have, have come out uh, out of the gate really uh, on the attack on uh, on your leader's moral, uh, uh, you know, on his morality of being... Uh, uh, you know, the next prime minister. Uh, we're looking at uh, some commitments that were made uh, in 2015. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're spreading the line that over 90% of the commitments were, were delivered. There's a few big ones, however, that, uh, that, that failed. And we're talking about the economy and the budget, right? And I think this is what mm -hmm. the conservatives are mostly going to hit you on. Um, how do you go around the riding convincing people that... Uh, that you have the best platform and that you should be trusted again and that people should support you? 
there was a huge number, as you mentioned, of our platform commitments um, that were realized in just four years' time. Uh, and on the economy, I'm, I mean, I am happy to talk about the economy for the next 38 days. We've created over one million jobs. The economy in Quebec is doing particularly well at the moment. If anything, I don't think we're talking about the economy enough in the media. So, you know, if Andrew Shear wants to talk about the economy after 10 years of quite a difficult economic record uh, by uh, Prime Minister Harper at the time, I'm happy to go there. But it, it, there are a number of things that I I believe, um, you know, people in the riding um, will focus on. I'm not sure if the economy will be one of them. Uh, so far, the environment is really the number one concern okay. of my constituents, and it's uh, it's, it's going to be something that I, I try and continue to spearhead in, in the House. Um, but uh, I have no doubt that, you know, Andrew Scheer will, will try and uh, attack us out of the gate, as you say, and, and perhaps run a negative campaign. I, I think it's important not only to, you know, talk about doing positive politics but actually to stay positive and so I'll, I'll continue to do that and and as best I can you know bring bring the message back to let's elect good people in order to make you know the right decisions when the time comes in the House of Commons. Let's close it up is there anything you want to tell your uh, your constituents uh, you have 38 days on the ground you're obviously gonna see a lot of them uh, some closing remarks here some closing messages for your uh, for your electors. I, you know, I'm excited for the campaign to come. I'm excited to get back to Ottawa and continue to do the work that we, you know, we started to do over the last mandate. Obviously, my biggest concern is that uh, there, there is, uh, you know, a possibility that uh, Canadians decide that, you know, we'll, we'll move backwards instead of forwards. And I hope, um, I hope I can count on the people of Outremont, Cotonej, and the Mile End uh, to join me in moving forward in the right direction. I wish you lots of luck, uh, Rachel. Honestly, uh, I think that uh, the six, seven months—it's a—it's a bit of a tease. <laughs> you, you, you should go back. <laughs> Good luck and thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, George. <laughs> it was a lot of fun.